listening to Bunker Labs presents a crash course in venture capital with Paul Capon, managing partner of LunaCap Ventures. I'm Iron Mike Stedman, member of the Bunker Labs branding team and the executive producer of this series. In this second episode of the series, Paul shares insight into the pros and cons of venture capital. As entrepreneurs, we're often encouraged to utilize other people's money. However, take on venture capital isn't all sunshine and rainbows. While it has its benefits, such as access to capital to invest in the growth of your business in exchange for equity, you also have a burden of responsibility to your investors and your shareholders who are going to push you to grow and whose vision for your company may or may not align with you and your teams. Before taking on funds from VCs, it's important you understand what you're getting yourself into. By the end of this episode, you'll understand the different considerations for taking on venture capital, such as determining the right amount of capital to raise, the importance of choosing the right investors, and the requirements and effects of giving up equity. I hope you enjoy this episode with Paul and that it accelerates you on your entrepreneurial journey. You're listening to Bunker Last Presents. We're sent down with Paul Capon, Managing Director of LunaCap Ventures. This episode, we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of raising venture capital. Great. No, um, thanks. Thanks, Mike. Um, you know, I just to, just to start off real quickly, um, you know, I think that, you know, as we talked about in the first episode, there's only, you know, a small type, you know, bit of companies that should be really going after uh, VC money. And so I thought it would be helpful for our listeners to give a very, very high level description of kind of how VC works. Um, and then talk about some of the pros and cons um, to to for, you know as a startup company in terms of taking on venture capital. So let's jump right into it. <laughs> All right. Um, so for for venture capital, there's you know, basically there are two traditional routes that you'll see out out there. I think there are some other derivatives, um, but the main things that you're going to see is basically. Um, you're going to see something called a safe and something called a convertible note. Um, I, you know, and basically what you're doing as the company is you're going out and asking for somebody to, to give you money in exchange for equity. Um, so the best way to think about it is if you're, if your company is worth, let's just say a hundred dollars in a pre-valuation money, and you're asking for $50, um, afterwards, then, you know, when you have that hundred dollars and before you went out to the VC, you owned a hundred percent of your company. Um, but then when you go out and you raise $50, so after the transaction, you're now at, you know, you've, you've raised and, um, now you're at a 150, then basically that VC might ask for 33 or one third of your company. Um, and so now instead of being a hundred percent, ownership of your company, you are now two thirds and you own two thirds of your company and have 66%. Um, now this $50 that they gave you should hopefully make your company much more valuable um, than that original hundred dollar valuation. So let's just kind of use an ice cream stand. Um, I know from the, from, I guess the episode one using an ice cream stand might kind of fall into the 90 to 95% category. But this is more just to show the dynamics and directionally, you know, how VC works, uh, not talking about the type of company. Uh, so, you know, generally, if you have an ice cream stand and let's just say you're, you're worth 100, you know, your, your valuation is $100 and 
you decide and, you know, people say, hey, I think you should really grow, you know, uh, five blocks down the road. There's are just on the other side of the city. There's so many other people that would love this ice cream. And I think you would do extremely well with it. Um, well, right now you have a hundred dollars and you're, you're like, so your valuation is a hundred dollars. And just, just say that there's somebody that would buy you for a hundred dollars and you own a hundred percent. And therefore you could call it a day and say, Hey, that's a hundred dollars and I'm happy. And I like selling my ice cream and I'm happy with my hundred dollars. Or what you could start thinking about is how to expand. And if you decide to expand, you know, there may, you know, let's just, and let's once again, kind of forget about bank loans or putting up your house as a personal guarantee and going after the SBA. Once again, we're talking VC. Um, obviously the numbers are going to be a lot more than $150, but it's just, it's the same, it's the same math. Just remove, just add more zeros to it, but there's no reason to make it more complicated. Um, so let's just say that, Hey, I did really, I actually really like that idea. I think that if I opened up another ice cream stand, I would at the end of the day be worth $200 because I, my one ice cream stand is worth a hundred dollars. And now if I open up another one, it's going to be worth $200. Um, but in order to open up that ice cream stand, you have to buy the milk, you have to buy the stand, you have to employ people, you have to go out and do the marketing. And that's going to cost some money um, that you don't have right now. So if you believe that youth and you believe that 50, you know, if, if it's going to take you $50, then that's when you go out for external funding, especially if you believe that this index investment is going to be worth, um, is going to be worth it. And so what you have to think about is how much am I going to be diluted? And then what is the valuation going to be after the dust has settled? And am I in a better position or have I actually lost money um, and I'm in a worse position? And so that's one key thing to think about. So now going back to our example, you go to a VC, you bring on $50 and then you go and you build your stand and now that stand is doing extremely well. And now you have two stands. Uh, well, remember you had to give up 50, you had to give up one third of your company because the VC owned it. So you now own 66%, but your 66% of 200, because you now have two ice cream stands is worth more than a hundred percent of your one stand. So in that sense, that's, that makes a lot that that's where the value is. And the other nice thing about, you know, VCs is one, they can help you grow like that. Number two, you don't have to pay them back immediately. So you can do what you want with the cash without having to worry about paying them back. Um, and so the traditional, like usually when you grow on and you build and you grow with VC, it's really for um, maybe operations of I'm building out more technology. I'm building out the bells and whistles to make the product even better. And that's generally when a sales cycle might be, you know, who knows, six months or a year. Um, but at the end of that, you're going to do something really amazing. Um, but the reason that VC is really is, is, is a great instrument, if you don't have to pay it back and they give you time to focus on what you're trying to do um, is just because like there's not, a, you know, if you took out a loan, that would not be the right kind of investment strategy or the instrument um, to, to go after for, for specific things, just because if you took out a loan, the company is going to have to pay back starting in March. And if you haven't, if you're still building out your technology and you're not selling it yet, 
Where, how are you going to be able to service that debt? Where's that going to come from? You're still building. That's kind of like going out and, you know, you're building a house and you took out a loan, but you don't have any renters in the house. So there's no way to pay me back uh, as, a, as a debt lender. What you are doing is you, you want to take on equity. You want to build the house first before. And then once the house is finished and you're ready to go, that's when debt might be a better product. So first from a venture capital and from a venture ca uh, capital standpoint, they're, they understand that it's going to take you some time. So they're going to give you money and then they're going to take equity. Um, a lot of times, depending on the check size, they might ask to be on the board. So if you have, you might start having to have like uh, reporting requirements. So you have to update the VCs, maybe on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, annual basis. Um, but basically you now have a new partner. And so what's really important is understanding, well, and this is, these are some of the pitfalls that I've seen uh, in, you know, companies drop into is that they don't quite understand that it's not just taking the money and going off into the sunset. You now have somebody else that's in bed with you, somebody else that could potentially have a vote, somebody else that's going to help sway you in one way or another. And of course they want this to be, they want this to work out. They want to create money, but they might have a different vision from you. So before taking on capital, it's really important to ask that VC, Hey, are we well aligned? Do we have the same vision? Is like, are we going in the right direction? And maybe of course things might pop up. There might be some pivots, but as long as you're well aligned, because a VC might just say, Hey, I want to go in and I want to get out as soon as I hit this money. So they'll be sell, they'll be pushing you to sell and that might not be in your best interest. So just make sure that your interests are aligned because you are getting into bed with somebody. It's just like a marriage. Um, and I don't think a lot of people realize that, uh, the second, I think pitfall that I've seen, um, you know, startups make is, you know, I think they just take on any kind of money. Um, and that's great. And it's not necessarily, sometimes it could be good. Sometimes it could be bad. But I do think that a lot of companies should go after smart money. And so what do I mean by that? If you have an, and let's go back to the ice cream example. If you have a VC who has um, done a whole, has other companies that does marketing for ice cream, for ice cream companies, or they have another company that makes milk or has actually makes and has factories and a supply chain of ice cream, that is smart money. Why? Because they know your industry. They know about ice cream. So they're not only just going to provide you a check, they're also going to provide you additional value in terms of being able to really accelerate your growth. Um, and so that's important to look for. There could be a company out there, but all they do is they sell Legos or they only know about AI. So they gave you the same $50 check but they may not be able or have the experience as investors to help you that could work in your favor in the sense that maybe you know exactly what you want and all you needed was that check and that's that's all you that's all you wanted or it could work to your detriment where because they don't know about your business then they're asking you all sorts of questions they don't know what's going on and then they become a hassle for you and you're spending most of your time responding to this vc just because they don't know what you're doing instead of actually doing your work. So I think, you know, really making sure that you have the right VC, that you have smart investments, smart money, um, and that you're well aligned is important. The last thing that I would also 
say that's that's always been you know kind of a pitfall for companies is knowing how much money to ask for um and once again let's go back to our original let's go let's go back to the original ice cream stand if you're worth a hundred dollars and it only costs you twenty dollars to open up a or let's use the fifty dollars it costs you fifty dollars to open up your ice cream stand um however you decided you know what, actually, I want to raise, I want to raise a hundred dollars instead of $50. Well, in our original, in our original, um, I guess, example, you would raise a hundred dollars, you would end up owning 50% of your company. And it only costs you $50 to open up your one ice cream stand. And of course, you could open up two and then provide more value. But let's just say, for the for the demonstration, just directionally trying to articulate the mechanics of this, you open up that one ice cream stand. So you now own 50% of your company. Uh, your company is now worth $200. You're still at that $100. So you gave up half of your company. You doubled your valuation and you're still stuck at owning $100, $100 worth of your company because of because you asked for too much and diluted yourself too quickly. And then for at 50, at 50 percent of your company, if you go out for more rounds, you're going to dilute yourself to the point where you're no longer the owner. And you've now kind of raised yourself in venture capital to the point of where you are now an employee. That is not a position that anyone really wants you to be in, um, because most of the VCs want the, the founder um, to be there at the head of the table. They want that person to, to have skin in the game. So if you dilute yourself too quickly, you then prevent yourself in going forward from having enough equity to give because you've already given away all your chips. So now if you give anything else away, you're just diluting the other investors and you have now just become an employee and your incentive to run the company is no longer there. However, if you go the opposite direction and you raise too little capital, um, and this is another, this, this is why it's important to know the right amount to raise. If you raise too little capital, let's go back to our ice cream stand again with a hundred dollar valuation. Um, it costs you 50,000 to make another ice cream stand and you raise 5,000, you raise an additional $5,000. Well, yet you've, you've kept and retained your equity, but you've kind of gone through this whole thing. You've gone and met all these VCs, you've done all your pitch decks and now you've only raised 5,000. But what are you able to do with that? It doesn't really move the needle for you. You're, you can't really hire somebody else when you're, you know, uh, you can't really build another thing. So then you have to go out and you have to raise another $10,000, another $5,000. And instead of sitting and actually running your ice cream stand, you're out there the entire time just fundraising. So the problem that you have is that you need to make sure that there's, that you know, that there's a balance between when you focus on fundraising um, focusing on that plus running the business and then also asking for the right check size so that it's not too little and it's not too big. Um, and I think, so those are some of the, so once again, just to kind of summarize, I think the pros and cons from VC investors is number one, you know, you have to find, well, you have to be able to find the right investors, but a lot of times that they can help you, they become part of your team in a very advisory role capacity they're able to provide you capital that is um, that you don't have to pay back immediately. It's only upon the sale of your company, which might happen seven to 10 years later. So that enables you to go and actually focus on 
building out your product, building out whatever your idea is, um, and really putting the money there, which is which is important, without having to worry about um, servicing anything in terms of debt. Um, but once again, the cons might be if you get in bed with the wrong VC and then they become overbearing and they aren't helpful. Um, and so that's number one. Number two, if you give away too much of your company early on, you've given away all your bargaining chips so that if you wanted to go out and raise again, you don't have that, you don't have that equity to give away and you've now become an employee of your own company. Um, so that's, that's kind of another downside. Um, and then number three, you know, is you, once again, this is where alignment is important is you, like, sometimes if you, the, the downside is, is that if, a, if you're not well aligned with a VC, they are on your board, you could be, once again, they could have a different idea in terms of how they want your company to grow. They can have a different idea. And then sometimes it, you, they, they can actually take over companies in specific instances, um, and you actually lose out. And so some dream that you've built now got smothered by the VCs just because there were disagreements in the growth, the alignment. Um, so I don't want to scare anybody from taking on VC, but it is really important that you need to make sure that, you know, once again, you're asking for, you're, you're working with the right VC, you're getting in bed with them. This is a relationship um, that you need, that you need to take seriously and not just say, ah, hey, yeah, it's money. That's not what's going to happen. We're all going to win. No think about it um, and the right amount of money and then the alignment and then just making sure that uh, your, your company actually needs it. So. Wow. That's such great information. No, no, in all seriousness, because I know a lot of, a lot of times people don't know what they're getting into with this stuff. And you know, they end up, I've, I've heard from founders that it's just as hard. It's just as challenging raising capital as it is to get clients. And so sometimes people start to realize like we should just go out and just, Focus on getting more clients instead of just chasing this venture capital. Another thing that you mentioned that I want people to also understand is, you know, when you talk about the dilution of equity and you use the ice cream stand as an example, very rarely are there solo founders in the venture capital space. So you're not diluting just, you say 66%, that could be split between three co-founders, right? Um, and so people need to kind of understand this because what they don't want to do is, Basically, you know, everybody goes into become an entrepreneur so that they can escape the nine to five, start something that matters. And then you get a venture capitalist and it's like you have a full time job all over again. Yeah, yeah, no, ab absolutely. And I think, you know, once again, to your point, you know, where I'm talking you know, we, just to simplify it, it was one founder, but you might have two or three. And then very, you know, you start off with 50 50 and then before you know it, you're down to owning 20 percent of the company. Um, you know, among three or four of you guys with the VC having that one position that might be more. Um, and then I think, with, you know, once again, the biggest pull and I think the biggest issue to think about is that there's always, I think folks say that if we get VC money, then that provides a lot of credibility. And so people get sucked into it. And then if we raise more and I can talk to people and say, hey, I raised impressive numbers of two to three million when you actually only needed you know, 1 million, you, because you can go out and there's some kind of, um, from an optics standpoint, it might kind of, you might think that it provides credibility, um, and impressiveness and gravitas, but at the end of the day, it might come back to hurt you. And so those are just the two black holes that I see people fall into. Um, and it's, it's, it makes sense. And everybody might say, meh, I'll never fall into that, but 
you end up being there and you end up being in that black hole, even though it was written out for. So that's just a big, those are the two big things that I wanted to highlight. The assumption that somebody's going to save you that just because you take this money. Oh, we're off to the races, boys. <laughs> exactly. I will close out too. And I like what you said about the strategic, you know, I like to say strategic partnerships in terms of even raising capital, looking at uh, uh, portfolios, looking at their portfolios, looking at what other relationships they have that you may be able to leverage. And if you listen to the podcast, I think it was called Startup uh, of Gimlet, the media company. One of their early investors was a founder who started Overcast FM, which is a podcast player. So he was looking into a production company that he wanted to invest in so he could learn from. And also he could piggyback off of for his podcast player and help promote it. So the strategic partnership aligned there. Yep. No, no, absolutely. Well, no, I, I really, you know, I think that that's understanding VC and just understanding dilution, kind of the expectation on valuation, uh, the involvement of the VC, making sure that you have the right person uh, and the right investor, just the value add, understanding the right check size to ask the alignment. Um, and then is, is, do you, you know, do you really need a VC? Um, and once again, I'm not working myself out of a job, but I do want to make sure that everybody's thinking about the right questions going in. Um, and of course, it's a lot more complicated. The math is a lot more complicated than what we've set out. But directionally and mechanically, that's the way it works. That's the way to think about it um, uh, while, while trying to just maintain this at the Sesame Street kind of high level. So. All right, y'all. On the next episode of this, we're going to be talking about uh, venture debt, which is something a lot of people don't know about. And we're also going to be going over the pros and cons for that. So until then, I need you to do us a favor. Go ahead and subscribe to this series on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from the information. If you want to get plugged into the Bunker Lab ecosystem, visit www.bunkerlabs.org, select a city nearest to you, sign up for the local newsletter, and attend one of our networking events. It's that simple. From there, be sure to get connected at bunkeronline.org where you can learn about our different programs to support your entrepreneurial journey. We have programs that will take you from idea to invoice, incubate you, and position you to grow alongside other founders and CEOs. Register today at www.markeronline.org. See you on the next episode. <laughs>